Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 101, GOP State of the Union Response, Normal or Crazy? President Joe Biden's State of the Union Address, his second one last Tuesday night, I think was a very good address. He acknowledged that there were difficulties in the country. He spoke of the many things that his administration had been able to accomplish in the first two years. And he outlined a lot of things that he wanted to see happen going forward that would make lives of the American people easier. He spoke of reducing corporate fees, ridiculous fees like if you want to fly and sit next to your children, you have to pay an additional fee to ensure that your children are in seats adjacent to yours and ticket processing fees for concerts and just ridiculous things like that. And during his address, which I feel was mostly positive and motivating, he was heckled by some on the right, namely one person in particular, and I know that you probably already know who it is, but if you haven't heard, it's Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Green, who stood up and screamed that he was a liar several times. And I think it was kind of expected that there would be some problems on the right. The big problem is with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who obviously has little to no control over his house. And he has a few people in what is called the Freedom Caucus, who I think are going to be a big pain in the rear for him going forward. They don't seem to be serious about governing. They don't really seem to have any interest in legislating. They're more interested in putting on a show for people, mostly for their supporters. And they don't come across as being serious about doing anything to help the American people. And their track record so far shows that they're not serious because they haven't really done a thing. So the address lasted a little over an hour. It was like an hour and 19 minutes or 20 minutes, something like that. 
And I think it was pretty well received by most people. I did see some of the Republicans stand up and applaud a few times. There were some things that they didn't applaud to, which were things that were helpful to the American people. So you would think that they would be happy about that, but apparently they're not. So again, that tells me that my concern about the Republican Party not having what's best in mind for the American people at large is proven again by their very actions. And as if the disrespect during the address wasn't bad enough, the person that the Republican Party chose to deliver their response to the State of the Union address was none other than Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who at the age of 40 is America's youngest governor. And of course, the American people are already pretty familiar with her because she was the press secretary for the former guy, Donald Trump. And she was pretty much known for standing behind the podium in front of the press in the White House and lying, outright lying. We know that during the four years Donald Trump was president, he told over 30,000 documented lies. And Sarah Sanders didn't have, or Sarah Huckabee Sanders didn't have any problems lying about his lies, just cover up whatever was going on. And she really hasn't changed very much since she left the White House. And going from President Biden's mostly positive speech, trying to explain to the American people, this is what the Democrats have done for you. And he mentioned that a lot of the stuff was bipartisan. So he's not trying to take all of the credit for everything. He is saying that the Republicans helped on some of it. A lot of stuff that didn't pass, that the Democrats wanted to pass, was due to the Republicans, of course. But he had a mostly positive speech. And then we go to Sarah Huckabee Sanders and the Republican response. And it was dark and gloomy and negative and full of lies. Surprise, surprise, huh? Lots of culture war grievances and just a bunch of nonsense garbage, if you want to know my opinion. In her speech, instead of being positive about anything that was going on, she attacked LGBTQ rights. She went after critical race theory again. 
The horse is dead, people. Stop beating on it. And uh, she talked about the woke mob. And at one point in her speech, <laughs> she made a comment that I think stood out and people took it in a way that I don't think she wanted them to. She said, quote, the choice is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal and crazy, end quote. Now, when you make a comment like that, I think it probably should be glaringly clear to people whether you're on the right or the left and whether you're normal or crazy, right? <laughs> and unfortunately for Sanders and the Republican Party, I think most people walked away thinking that she was on the crazy side. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Normal versus crazy. Because apparently she thinks that what the Republicans are doing, I guess, is normal. Although I honestly don't see how that could possibly be. <laughs> and how they came to pick Sarah Huckabee Sanders is beyond me. Because when you choose somebody to deliver the response to the president's probably the biggest televised address that he will have for the whole year, I think there were 29 million people. I don't know that the final totals have come in yet, but I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 29 to 30 million people watched the address. It's kind of a, an honor to be chosen to do the response for the, for the opposing party. But I have to say that Sarah just didn't, in my opinion, didn't present herself very well. The background behind her was kind of odd. You could see there were like two blue little sofas or settees, and then there were two gold upholstered chairs on either side of a fireplace, and the room was kind of gloomy. Uh, maybe they wanted it to look cozy and intimate, but it was depressing and gloomy to me. And Sarah, try as she might, is just not an attractive woman. I'm sorry, she's not. And I know that there is a lot more to a person than their appearance. But when you're going to be on national television, don't you think you probably want to spend some time picking out something to wear that is pleasing to people who are watching you on? Uh, maybe a small screen or possibly a really large screen with <laughs> really high definition. Maybe do something with your hair. Maybe like go to a beauty shop and actually have your hair done. And maybe have somebody do your makeup professionally so that you look as, as nice as you possibly can. 
And it was pretty obvious that Sarah didn't do any of those things. If she did, I would recommend to her that she find somebody else because I thought she looked very bland and uh, kind of a Morticia Adams look without being cool. <laughs> I don't know. So what were the main things that she wanted to talk about? Well, she, number one, she kind of pushed back on Biden's calls for bipartisan cooperation going forward. And I think that she really is endorsing a culture war, truly. She made the statement that Republicans, quote, didn't start and never wanted to fight. End quote. Okay. I'm not really sure what she meant by that. But she did attack critical race theory, which the Republicans did actually start. That is a manufactured issue that the Republicans are great about finding something that has no impact or very little impact on everyday life for the American people and making a big deal out of it. Critical race theory is not something that is taught to children in schools. It's a legal theory. You would probably hear about it if you were taking a course at a university to become an attorney. That would be something that might be discussed. In high school, junior high, and in grade school, no. I have never found any instance where that has been taught to children. It is a manufactured problem. Period. That's it. And the woke mob thing. They want people to think that being woke is a bad thing. And I'm, I'm not understanding that. I, I consider myself woke. And I'm proud to be woke. I try not to say things that will offend people, although I know I probably do sometimes, but I don't mean to. I respect people, except for Republicans. I don't have a lot of respect for them because I don't think they're good people. I think they're bad people. I didn't used to feel that way about Republicans. I didn't agree with a lot of their beliefs and policies, but I really am offended by them at this point. And I think that they've really lost their way. But I think it's a good thing to be woke. Woke to me means you're alert, you're aware, you are open to things that are going on, you're open to new things, you're open to possibilities. And the opposite of woke is what? Asleep? In denial? Existing in a fantasy world? That's a better way to be? Okay. 
Sorry, I disagree. But if the Republicans want to be asleep at the wheel, they shouldn't be driving the bus. That's all I have to say. And I think that the history of the Republican Party, the economy, the unemployment records, the debt numbers, unemployment figures all show that generally America performs better for the majority of the people when the Democrats are in charge. That's just a fact. So <laughs> Okay, so her presentation it was in my opinion not great. I'm not the best orator, I'm not the best person. I I'm I'm not on camera, but I am being recorded and I know that I do things and say things that when I listen back to recordings, I think, oh my gosh, where did that come from? And that's something I'm going to work on. I am working on it. I need to get better. And I will, I think, with time. Sarah has had the uh, opportunity to have the ability to talk to professionals about these kind of things, or at least I would hope she would have at this point. And her, her presentation, I thought, was very deadpan, very low-key, very negative, no energy, no real passion for what she was saying. It was mostly just fear and hatred and lies which is that is one thing that she is she does excel at lies her response was about 14 minutes long and more than once she mentioned this new generation of conservatives to lead the country with passion and new ideas and of course she didn't fail to mention the fact that President Biden is the oldest president in American history. However, the guy that she worked for is only four years younger. So, 76 versus 80, not that big of a difference. Joe Biden is fairly fit. He's not overweight. I think he eats pretty well. I seem to remember something about his wife, Jill, making sure that he ate a balanced diet. Trump, on the other hand, is morbidly obese. He eats garbage regularly. I have heard that he is uh, incontinent, shall we say? I heard that he has to wear adult diapers. I can't verify that that's true. I've never been around the man and have no desire to be around him. But others who have, have said that sometimes you can smell what appears to be a dirty diaper when he's around. Uh, one person in general, in, in, in particular, worked with Donald Trump on The Apprentice, and the guy is a comedian. But he says he's, yeah. Trump wears diapers. So 
Trump doesn't lead a healthy lifestyle. He plays golf a lot, which is some physical activity, but he isn't doing anything to lose weight. And he eats fast food and drinks Diet Cokes all the time, which is not healthy. I'm sure Biden's diet is much, much better than Trump's. And you know what? I'm sorry, but if you're thinking that Ron DeSantis, because he's younger, he's has a weight problem too. He's a short little fat man. And he is doing the same things that the Nazis did. Banning books. Uh, don't say gay. <laughs> he's got the majority of families in Florida that have gay family members, gay children, are looking to move from the state of Florida because of his hatred. Uh, you know, come on. He's attacked Disney. Disney's now laying off 7,000 people. I don't know where, but I'm sure some of them are probably in Florida. So... I don't think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders did her party many favors in this. She she talked about the same stuff that they talked about going into the midterm elections, which they basically lost. And they don't seem to get that. The midterms were supposed to have just been a boon for the Republican Party. And... It wasn't at all, which should tell the Republican Party that the American people at large, the majority of the American people, are rejecting the Republicans' policies. But, no. And I'm watching the activities on social media and they're all denying that they want to get rid of or cut Social Security and, and Medicare. And it's like <laughs> there is printed literature printed by the Republican Party prior to the midterms that very clearly says that they want to sunset Government programs every five years. Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid are government programs. Sunset means they want to end them. They want to stop them. And then they want to vote them back in if they're worthwhile. It's in print. There are videos on YouTube of Rick Scott, a Republican in the Senate who chaired the campaign activities for the Senate part of the party. Hello. He clearly said that they wanted to do this. <laughs> and it's it's just insane that they will now say, oh, we never did that. No. They did. They did. They are in denial. And they're lying about it. Why are they doing that? Do they not realize that Printed literature still exists. Do that, they not realize that there are videos on YouTube and on the internet of them having discussions with people at, on Fox about this? 
And even the people on Fox are like saying, this is what you're saying right here. Don't deny it. They realized it wasn't a popular thing with the American people. Now they're trying to deny that they even promoted this. But they've done it before. They did it back when Obama was president. They wanted to cut Social Security. It's... It's it's insane. And if they're going to take the choice, the choice is normal and crazy, it's pretty obvious who's crazy. And it's the Republican Party. The Democrats want to raise taxes on the wealthiest people in the country who have received tax cuts for 40 years. They want to raise the corporate taxes so that everybody pays their fair share of taxes. When you have a company like Amazon, which is highly profitable and they don't pay any taxes, essentially, that's a problem. They want everybody to pay their fair share. I don't think that that's crazy at all. I think that's kind of a normal thing. That's how our country works. That's how society works. Everybody has to put in. And then we all get to share in the benefits of that money and the efforts. But they want the wealthy to keep their tax cuts and the wealthy owns the Republican party and they own some of the Democrats too, but mostly Republicans because the Democrats are the ones that are going out and saying, let's raise some taxes here. Republicans don't want to do that. They want to cut and cut and cut and cut. And by doing that, they're dropping the income that the federal government has, because taxes, that's income. So the federal government is essentially taking a, a, a pay cut, more or less, if, for lack of a better phrase. So what do you do when you have to take a pay cut? Well, you have to cut back on your expenses, right? Right. You can only cut back so far, and that's where we're at right now. So they need to increase taxes and bring in more money. And the Republicans don't want to do that because they want to protect their wealthy donors. The Democrats want women to be able to make their own health care choices because religious beliefs are not supposed to be part of our government. The United States was not founded as a Christian nation. The reason the United States exists is because the founding fathers ran from the Church of England because they were being taxed and they didn't have any representation. So they left. And most of the founding fathers were deists. And there are numerous things that talk about We're not going to endorse any particular religion, which means all of these people that say, 
well, this is offensive to me because of my religion. You know what? Tough. Tough. You don't have the right to inflict your religious beliefs on somebody else because not everybody is going to share your religious beliefs. And if you don't want somebody else to push their religious beliefs off on you, because if you're going to push your stuff on somebody else, then you got to take theirs too. It's a two-way street. They don't want that. They want it to be a one-way street, and they want it to be Christian. Not everybody's Christian. So they need to have respect. We're, we live in a society, and if you, don't want, if you don't like abortions, then don't have an abortion. If you don't want children to have access to abortions, even if they've been raped by daddy, then don't let them have an abortion. But you don't have the right to make that choice for somebody else, so butt out. And on top of that, what's crazy is they the Republicans are now forcing some women, even if they were raped, to have babies. But there's no provision for taking care of these women during their pregnancy, which costs money, costs money to have a baby. It costs money for daycare. It costs money to feed them and clothe them and provide shelter and all of that. And no provision at all, no consideration at all for any of that. So really, how concerned are you with that baby's life? Because it seems like once the baby's born, you don't care about it because you're doing nothing for it at that point. You're only concerned about the nine months it's in the womb. That's obvious. That's crazy. Life doesn't end when the baby pops out of the mom. It's just beginning, actually, at that point. It's got its whole life ahead of it. And it's going to be a life full of hunger and a horrible life because, yeah, we don't want to do anything for that kid. That's crazy. That's not normal. That is crazy. Especially when you're giving fossil fuel companies that are already highly profitable, earning billions of dollars in net profits every quarter. They earn billions and we're subsidizing them. Why can't we take all of that fossil fuel subsidy money and put it toward moms? And kids. Well, they don't want to do that because moms and kids aren't donating to their campaigns as much as the fossil fuel industry is. And that's just the truth. It's it's may not be a pleasant revelation for the Republican Party, but it is indeed the truth. When you look at the Democratic Party and you look at the Republican Party, it's really obvious to me, glaringly obvious, which party is more on the normal side and which party is more on the crazy side. But anyway, <laughs> that's uh, those were the options that she gave us. Was it normal for a president to lie that an election was rigged? 
is it normal for many of the members of that president's party to vote against the electoral college results, knowing that there was not an issue with them? They voted against Biden becoming president, even though he clearly won the election. And there was at that point very clearly no evidence of fraud in the election, yet they voted against it. Is that normal or is that crazy? The insurrection on January the 6th, where a mob of people, apparently not a woke mob, but a a racist, hateful mob, busted through police barricades, entered a building that was essentially closed to the public at that time due to a pandemic and due to the fact that Congress was in session and had constitutionally mandated jobs to perform. They broke windows, broke through doors, urinated all over the walls and floor, smeared feces all over the Capitol, caused millions of dollars worth of damage. They carried the Confederate flag into the U.S. Capitol. How disrespectful is that? You know, the Civil War was fought a long time ago, and the Confederates lost. And when you lose, you don't get to fly your flag. I'm sorry. That's insulting to all of the Americans who lost family members in the Civil War, especially if they were on the side that won. Insulting. But is that not crazy? I think it's crazy. And then we have Republicans in Congress saying that it was just another tourist day, just a normal tourist day. Really? Sorry. I think we all saw on television it wasn't a normal tourist day at the Capitol, but the Republicans want you to forget about that. That's just an unpleasant thing. They want to just move on. They just go forward. And, you know, coming, all of this stuff coming from Sanders, her entire political, um, (laughs) everything about her politically was granted to her because of her relationship with Donald Trump. So that's kind of a difficult thing for her considering that Trump was impeached twice. He wasn't convicted in the Senate because the Senate was controlled by Republicans and they failed to do their job as mandated by the Constitution. You can't have a trial if you don't allow witnesses and evidence. And if you just flat out don't hold a trial because you decide to go on vacation, then it's just not in session. And then by the time they come back, there's just no time to do it. Hmm. Yeah, that's not manipulating anything, is it, Mitch McConnell? So, really, her response was very negative, very dark, 
and full of contradictions and lies, basically. And she told this story about her time in the Trump administration, but she was really careful to minimize Trump and his name. And she was talking about this secret Christmas visit to surprise U.S. service members who were stationed in Iraq and how all the lights on the airplane and on the runway had to be turned off for security and all of this stuff. And it just, to me, it was just kind of like, it was a reminder that we had people in Iraq fighting a war that was based on lies from the previous Republican president, George W. Bush. Is that crazy or is that normal? Is it normal for the leader of the most powerful country in the world to lie to the people of his country and the rest of the world about a reason for going to war? Iraq didn't attack us on 9-11 and Saddam Hussein didn't have any weapons of mass destruction. So what was that all about? How many trillions of dollars did taxpayers spend on that war? And now all of a sudden the Republicans are trying to be fiscally responsible? Really? <laughs> they just gave almost $2 trillion in tax cuts in 2017 to the wealthiest people and corporations. So um, it's do as I say, not as I do, basically. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, thought it was a poor move to have her speak. She has done very little as governor. Her her uh, state, the state of Arkansas, ranks at the very, very bottom of so many quality of life uh, standards. She has a lot of problems. Arkansas is a beautiful state. The Ozarks are breathtaking. And there are some small towns in the northwest corner of Arkansas that are just beautiful, just the most picturesque places you could imagine. But And Hot Springs is wonderful, but the, the state as a whole... Um, they need a lot of help. There's a lot of poverty and a lot of people are hurting in that state. And Sarah has, as governor, made sure that uh, critical race theory can't be discussed in Arkansas. And the term Latinx is offensive and can't be discussed. So those are the types of things that she's really doing to help the people of Arkansas. What about the kids that go to bed at night hungry because the parents can't afford to feed them? Huh? How about that, Sarah? It just shows me that the priorities are completely out of whack with the Republican Party. So, anyway, um, 
I kind of feel like this was not a good choice on the part of the Republican Party. And I think that they're going to regret it. And the thing that stands out to me is there are images of Marjorie Taylor Greene sitting at the State of the Union address wearing this strange white coat with fur. And she's got her mouth open like she's a, I don't know, a dolphin at SeaWorld with his mouth open, wanting somebody to throw a sardine or something in her mouth. And so when you put that image with normal, the choices are normal or crazy, and you've got a House member who's a Republican on committees who is completely wacko nuts, uh, it's pretty obvious that your party is the one that is the crazy one. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the conspiracy theorist who doesn't believe that 9-11 really happened. She thinks it was all staged and that there are Jewish space laser beams from outer space that have come down and started all of these wildfires in California and other places. And she's making choices for you, America. She's making choices for you and your kids and your grandkids. And we're all going to have to live with those choices. Do you think maybe supporting the Republican Party might have been a bad choice, America? Uh, yeah, I kind of think so. We need to do better. We need to vote smarter. So what is it going to be, America? Going forward, are we going to be normal or are we going to be crazy? Do you want stability? Because if you want stability, you can't go with crazy because crazy is a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to come up with. And the fact of the matter is... The Republicans did indeed include changes to Social Security and Medicare in their plans going into the midterms. And Rick Scott, who is a senator, Republican senator from Florida, you might recall, was the CEO of a company that was convicted of the largest Medicare fraud to date at that time. <laughs> so let me repeat that. Rick Scott, who is now a senator from Florida, used to be affiliated with a company who defrauded Medicare, and it was the largest dollar amount Medicare had ever been defrauded of at that time. Is defrauding Medicare a crime? Sure seems like it. So why is Rick Scott a senator right now? 
Why isn't he in jail? Hmm. If you defrauded Medicare, do you think you would be in jail? Probably. That's crazy, America. That's crazy that you can have someone like Rick Scott defraud you because you're the taxpayers, you and me, we're, we paid for that. <laughs> and after doing that, he then is put in the Senate to represent the state of Florida. What the heck, Florida? What's going on? You guys getting some of that algae in the water, in your drinking water or something? I don't know. It's just, it's nuts. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, doesn't want gay people to be even acknowledged in his state. He just wants gay people to go away. He's banning books. Teachers are afraid to teach students because they don't know what they can and can't teach them. They've had to take all the books off the bookshelves in their classrooms. It's ridiculous. And it's like, you know, I remember when I was a kid, if, you know, somebody said you're not supposed to do something or they didn't want you to do something or they didn't want you to see something, were you like not more curious than ever to find out why? Does he not think that the kids in Florida are going to get on the internet or on their smartphones and look at this stuff? Probably. <laughs> and I'll point out again, uh, banning books is one of the first thing that uh, Adolf Hitler did in Germany, along with undermining the media, making people think that the media was completely against him and they were lying. You can't trust the media. Don't believe your own eyes and ears. Believe what I tell you. Okay. Crazy is having Marjorie Taylor Greene represent your state in the U.S. House of Representatives. Space lasers, conspiracy theories, uh, Lauren Boebert, who is not a smart person, doesn't seem to understand how government works at all. She's been a representative for two years and she still posts nonsense. Has no idea. Free speech. She's, she's been on free speech lately. Free speech <laughs> only restricts the government. That is what the First Amendment's all about and free speech. It says that the government cannot restrict citizens' rights to free speech. has nothing to do with a privately owned company like Twitter or Facebook. Okay? Nothing. There are no free speech rights in that kind of a situation. It's a private corporation and it can restrict 
people's rights on their own platform if they want to. And if you don't like it, your only option is to not use their service, basically. So why is it that a member in the United States House of Representatives has no clue what free speech actually is? Jim Jordan basically said the same thing. And he is the chair of an important committee in the House, and he doesn't understand. Or do they really understand, and they're just hoping that when they post this nonsense that their supporters aren't going to get it? Either way, do you want them representing you? I don't think so. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Normal and crazy. You have a choice. And I think it's pretty obvious which side is the normal side and which side is the crazy side. And I think that we're in trouble if we don't get this under control. And we have... Republicans right now in the House investigating people who are investigating their actions. So they're investigating the people that are investigating them. And doesn't that seem kind of crazy to you? Because <laughs> it sure does to me. Anyway, I appreciate your time. And we'll see what happens next. My, my next scheduled episode will, it's Thursday, early afternoon right now, and I'll have this ready to go sometime this afternoon. So it'll probably hit on Friday, tomorrow, most of you, maybe tonight for some of you. I never can tell how long it's going to take these things to get distributed through the various platforms because there's so many of them now. Um, so maybe nothing over the weekend. I don't know. It just depends on if something comes up and if I can find the time, if not, it'll be on uh, Monday, might be Tuesday before you actually get it. Anyway, if I don't talk to you between now and next week, I hope you have a great day today, good day on Friday and a great weekend, unless you have other plans. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at FederalAndy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank you.